so you know that was the whole point i, I don't know uh, yeah it definitely couldn't get made today um just because you know um people don't like be people a, having it, nice it, nice things there'll so, be, be outrage it will get cancelled before so, it even got made when oh, he's, he's like, well, so good. When he's, like, when he's like, Austin, the Cold War is over. He's like, oh, well, at last those capitalist pigs will pay for their crimes, eh? Eh, comrades? Eh? No, Austin. <laughs> we won. He's just like, <laughs> oh, oh, yay capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. What's that film where uh, one of the central characters, one of the main characters, leaves one of the last books he'll ever read as like the last Charles Dickens book he'll ever read? He's like got the last book that he's going to read before he dies, and it's like the only work of Charles Dickens that he has never read. I have the foggiest clue what you're talking about. Yeah, so uh, if, if if someone could leave us a message, because that's definitely but in I'd, a movie. If memory serves, didn't wasn't Charles Dickens' last book unfinished? Yeah. Didn't have an ending? Yeah. So, I've, I think it's just like a book of Charles Dickens that he had not read. Right. Um, and he was, um, I'm guessing the character was a scholar. I've either just made this up or yeah. I just cannot for the life of me remember what it sounds film like, it is. I mean, it sounds like an interesting plot for yeah. a film. Maybe yeah. you should write that down in case in case it isn't actually Yeah, a yeah, film. cover your ears. No one... No yeah. one <laughs> yeah. Copyright uh, Two Wheels podcast. Uh, so this is going to be uh, your last podcast for a little while. That's right. I'm, I'm stepping down as co-presenter. Um, so in this last one, we're going for... 10 films to see before you die. Yeah. Now. Now, could you clarify yeah, for the listeners I was say, and yeah. me um, <laughs> what exactly that means? Uh, so this means um, it's just 10 films which you believe that someone should see. Doesn't necessarily have to be your favourite films. Right. Doesn't have to be your top five um, because we're doing five each. So that'll be 10. And... It can't be, uh, a, you know, a start, middle, or end of like a franchise that right. was like planned out. You know, like Star Wars. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings yeah. would make up three <laughs> of the five. Uh, the people that I've <laughs> people that I've spoken to about the about the concept have just been like, right, I've got my top three, and I'm just like, oh, it can't be Lord of the Rings. Okay, I've got my top three. It can't, it can't be, be Star, Star Wars. Wars. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so it's just, um, it's just five films, no franchises. Um, they, but they can, they can be, um, because you know, like, make, but can they be okay? But well, actually, none of mine do. But what, but what if they've got sequels? If they had, if they had planned sequels like Star Wars and like Lord right, of the Rings, then it doesn't enough. count. But if it was just like, oh, years later, right. they made another one, right? It's, uh, it's the same, um. It's the same characters, but it's not like a continuation of the same story. Right, it has yeah. to be kind of self-contained. Yeah, um, which is kind of one of the um, one of the points, which kind of mm. makes uh, a film for this list. Um, right, well, that's that that one's definitely out then. So, uh, in the spirit of you uh, moving on, you can go first. Yeah, 
Um, thanks. <laughs> uh, hold on, I'm just uh, making some last minute. Going through there. <laughs> Uh, right, that's definitely that's, deleting um, so many off the list. I could see. Well, the thing, uh, uh, so uh, the thing about this list was um, there were for me. So there were there were three films that made the list sh- straight away, and all were locked in from the beginning. Yeah, and then the other two, um, and then I made a list, and uh, like a a list of potentials. Hmm. And uh, the uh, the two remaining spaces frequently kept changing. Right. Since we announced we were going to do this, mm. like, um, and even my honourable mention has has has, has kept has been changed has changed a lot as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, okay. Well, I'm, so I'm basing these on um, I'm basing these films on the fact that I really like them. Good start. Um, I mean, they are pretty much my top five favourite films. Are they? But that's only because... But I do. I still genuinely... That's just a coincidence. I still feel like these are films that that someone... Everyone should watch at least once. Yeah, cool. It, it, to form an opinion of them. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, you know, like... So, for example, I was saying earlier, one of my favourite films is Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls. Great film. Because it just used to make me laugh so much, but I've not included that in this list because I don't feel like it's a film you ne- you should see before you die. Right, that's a good description. Um, but so these, I would say these five are are definitely in my top ten best films of all time. Oh, okay. These but, five are in the top ten. Nice. Yeah, but um, but they're not necessarily no order. the top five. Yeah, cool. If that makes sense, I feel like I've I've just confused myself now. I feel yeah. like I've confused people. Anyway, I made a clear set of rules. You did that. I've had to make so many caveats to, and I've been worrying week. about it all week. I've been, I've been losing sleep about it. You're waking up in a in a sweat in the middle of the night. Hey, Ace Ventura. No, <laughs> no, I can't have that. No, alrighty then. Um, is that a sequel? <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, is it's it, a, is sequel. It a direct sequel. Is, is that a franchise? Is that part of a franchise? I feel like because of the popularity of it, they they made another one. I don't feel like I don't feel like they planned to make two. Right. You know. Why are we talking about it? It's not even... It's not, not even in the mention. Um Okay, uh, so... I'm going to do mine in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a certain order. Okay. Um, so, my, my number... F- so, my first pick, my first selection into the, into the Two Reels Hall of Fame... Room 101, um, of, uh, 10 films to see before you die. Yeah, is... Um, yeah, so I'm going to start with with the the silliest one, okay. um, and that is Monty Python's Life of Brian. Brilliant! <laughs> I've I've heard you singing it like <laughs> different songs from Monty Python. I think for the last two days. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't want to be. A, I didn't want it to be a dead giveaway, but we do live together, and that can, that can kind of happen when you're just like when you're trying to keep it fresh in your mind, and you're just like singing away. Yeah, I I didn't even realise I've been doing that. Yeah. Whistling, um, whistling um, whilst yeah. taking a shit. Yeah, uh, sing- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. always look on the bright yeah. side of life whilst taking a dump. I mean, who doesn't do that? Oh, Jesus. That's what I want to know. I fucking love that film. Um, good, great start, if I'm being honest. Uh, I was, I was very close to putting a Monty Python film in there. Uh, yeah, I mean, th- th- this was my, uh, 
this was the one I was most unsure about because as I as I've been saying to you throughout the week, I feel like um, you know, I was worried that oh, they should be like Oscar winning films no, or they no, should no. be um, they should be you know um, uh, influential films or I've they got, should be on IMDb's I've, top twenty or something. You know, spoilers slightly. I've got like a schlocky sci-fi, yeah, um, a teen drama, right, comedy. Right uh, from the creators of Superbad. Um, okay, and, yeah, I think I know. That. And a couple of others. Right. So it's not. Yeah, there's. I don't think my list um, uh, got progressive. You've got a Judd Apatow on there. No. Or you don't. You don't. It's not a Judd Apatow. No. But um, all right. Well, that makes me feel better then, because I feel like I feel like Monty Python is is more highbrow comedy. It is a little. Um, yeah, it's more highbrow comedy than what I've got. than like Superbad. So, yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, Life of Brian. Um, yeah, because I, I rewatched it the other the other recently, and you know, it's just there aren't many comedy films. There's another one that we I think we're going to talk about later nice. that just makes me laugh all the way through. Yeah, every time I watch it, mm. and it's also one of those films where if it's any time it's on telly, I'll watch it. Yeah. Um, I never get bored of it. I mean, it's so cleverly written. It's so funny. It's so layered as well. Yeah. You know, like um, when I was uh, when I was in rehearsal um, the other week, I was I I watched it the night before, and I remember going in and I was talking about it, and I was saying that there are even as recently as what like the other week when it must I mean must have been about at least the twentieth time I'd seen it. Yeah. There was still something I'd noticed that I had never noticed before that mm. really made me laugh. Um, Controversially, I'd only seen uh, the collection of Monty Python films about three years ago. Ooh. I'd never seen it before. Wow. All the, like, I'd seen clips. What's like, your favourite? Um, yeah, Life of Brian. I mean, Life of Brian is their best. Mm. It's, it's, not, it's not difficult to... For Peter, I could totally understand why people say yeah. that's their favourite. I mean, Holy Grail is very good as oh, well. Oh, yeah. Really, really funny. Yeah. Um, oh, but Life of Brian, yeah, like I said, it's it's so layered and there's so many things that are, that you notice. Every time I watch it, I notice something new. Hmm. Um, just like background things that are going on, you know, like um, I just there's like there's like a woman walking along with a with a, with a donkey and and the the one of the the the, the, the haggler guy selling beards. Yeah. He's like, he's like, oh, but a bag of gravel, madam. She's like, no, I don't have time to go to the stone in. He's not well again. And the donkey's like, Eeyaw. it's just so <laughs> the things like that. It's just the little thick bits like that that you don't. They're not like the most memorable bits. No, but yeah, um, so quotable. Um, oh yeah, and to you this get, day as well. It's, yeah, uh, it's uh, what was that like? Early eighties or late seventies? Seventies, I yeah. think. Yeah, so. And you, the longevity of it oh, is uh, yeah. kind of testament, and you can you get a real sense of that they're re- that they're having real like fun in it, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's I don't really know what more to say. Um, you know, and I think all the Pythons have have said openly that they feel like it's their best work, and they were at their best when they were writing it. Um, Graham Chapman had had, had beaten his alcoholism. Um, Everyone was getting along, and and um, there was no like. Apparently, they had a lot of trouble on the set of Holy Grail. Like the weather was terrible. Graham Chapman was drunk a lot, and yeah. Terry Jones and Terry Gilliam were 
at each other at each other yeah. arguing over who's directing it and stuff but when the, they did life of brian they had didn't have any of that they're in a beautiful hot country terry jones was they'd agreed that terry jones was going to direct by himself um graham yeah. wasn't drinking anymore and they just said, you know, and, you know, obviously at the time, the controversy that it caused, you know, obviously. I mean, it was still banned in some countries t- until like recently. Mm. They'd only like, you know, and even in parts of England, I read somewhere that in like a specific part of England, some very, it, it only got released in like the early noughties or something. Exactly. No, there's very famous um, debates between John Cleese and uh, I think uh, Michael Palin. Both of them out of a with the uh, the church against members uh, of the church. Yeah. <laughs> I say against like they're fighting them in like yeah. Tekken or Mortal Kombat. But yeah, it's it's a debate uh, with an archbishop, I think. Yeah, um, or uh, some head of church, and you know, it's it's good it's good debate material, isn't it? Mm. Like it's it's like we're just making this comedy for this sake. Yeah, it's so yeah. it's it. It was perceived as like so blasphemous. But the thing, the the thing is, and the thing that they pointed out at the time, um, that was you know that was extremely, an extremely good point was it's not a piss take of Jesus. It's 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 a it's taking the piss out of out of the followers, the people who just just you know believed anything they were told. Yeah, and that's why that's the whole film's called The Life of Brian. It's about Brian mm. and it's about how he gets mistaken for the Messiah even though he's not the Messiah, he's a very naughty boy. And <laughs> um and and the you know the complete you know sort of imbeciles who just will follow um will just follow anyone even even though they're saying that they're not the Messiah, they'll just follow. It's so it's not a piss take of Jesus at all. I mean, Jesus is in it as well, right yeah. at the start. Yeah. So it's not even like saying that maybe Brian, is maybe Jesus. Jesus was Brian. But it's not. Because it's not. Jesus is in it as a separate character and they don't take the piss out of him. So it's not blasphemous at all, um, which is which is the ironic thing about it is it's considered one of the most blasphemous films of all time, but it isn't in any way. Um it's yeah, it's just hilarious, and you know, and it has such a uplifting ending, despite the fact that you know of what what's what's happening. I won't go into details about it, but um, it always makes me feel good um, watching it. Always makes me laugh, and um, I think I think out of all, yeah, I, I, I mean, there were a lot of comedies that I that could have very easily made it onto this list. Mm. But I felt like I could only really push it by including one. Right. And I just figured, and it was a toss-up between this and something else that we we might mention later. Yeah. But I just felt this edged it just because it was, it's as I say, it's, it's a lot more highbrow mm. and it's a lot more timeless. Um. So the first one on my list, if I was to say to you a film by John Carpenter... And a number one hit at the box office the week it was released. What film would you would you think I'm talking about? Well, I personally would say The Thing. Right. But I feel like John Carpenter's most famously known for Halloween. Right. 
So it's neither of those things. Right. <laughs> it's John Carpenter's They Live. Have you heard or seen that film? No. So it's a John uh, Carpenter's They Live. It's a 1988 film by uh, John Carpenter, which was adapted from a uh, short story called Eight O'clock in the Morning, starring Roddy Piper, Rowdy Roddy, Piper. Rowdy Roddy Piper, Wow, and Keith David. So it's about um, a guy who's just like a drifter, right? Who finds a pair of sunglasses that shows him. The true face of these aliens who are disguising themselves as humans on planet Earth. And they're trying to take over the planet by uh, heating it up with like global warming so that they can just basically repopulate the Earth. But the only, he's the only person that can see them in their true form by wearing these sunglasses. Uh, so these aliens have been using media, technology, loads of things to send subliminal messages uh, to... I don't know if you've seen, like... You've probably seen pictures or, like, scenes of this film because some of them are quite famous. I don't know if you've seen this this one. The, the most famous quote from it is... Um, he goes into, like, a bank and he's got, like, the sunglasses on and he's got, like, a shotgun and he's just like... I've come here to kick ass and chew bubblegum and I'm all out of gum. Oh, yeah, I've heard that expression many a time that's uh that i think that was used in like old like duke nukem games but that's where it's from right and it is a crazy underappreciated film i told you that it, it got number one at the box office when it was released but it only made 13 million dollars what was the budget three million. Oh right i mean i'm i'm to be honest i mean it sounds sort of amazing in a in a kind of trashy way oh it is that's exactly um, why i said to you uh earlier to yeah not to worry about now how I, many oscars now i don't feel quite <laughs> no, as bad about my it. list i've got to be honest with you <laughs> i feel like it's uh i wouldn't say it's a hidden gem i'd right. say it's maybe like a known gem a hidden good good film wow um just because i watch it and it's it's got like a cult following it's like one of those movies where it's it definitely, obviously, only made like $13 million. Um, so it wasn't appreciated when it was released. I feel like wow. more people... It's probably made more money since the uh, since DVDs and like VHS releases than it actually did in the box office. And I felt guilty for including Monty Python. Exactly. It's <laughs> it's just like a... It's, it's in that little niche of like... You can tell like the the idea is there and the message is there because it's got a lot of like you know it's it's a it's very much a commentary on like communism and things like that like wow but it's you know it's got roddy piper in it and it's john carpenter and it's just like a crazy sci-fi um it reminds me a little bit of like um big trouble in little china okay yeah in terms of like that was uh, John Carpenter as well, wasn't it? Oh, it might have been actually. Or am I thinking of something? Am I thinking of something else? I'm sure he's done a film with Kurt Russell. Um, yeah, that was John Carpenter. Oh, well, there you go. It was literally <laughs> two years before. That's what so. it reminds you of. That. Yeah, like it's it's it. I mean, it's got it's it's got a bit of style to it, you yeah. know. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's just 
it's one film where I'm thinking. I I thought I'd say this first because it's like again oh, not to use my catchphrase, but it's very schlocky. Schlocky, yeah, schlock. Um, it's pure schlock. Wow. Um, but yeah, it doesn't get appreciated. I'm not saying it's um, again, it's not high. It's not high class cinema. Yeah. It's just you should see it. I I mean I'm definitely going to watch it. It's on it Netflix, now, by the way. If you're based in the UK, on that recommendation. Um, I I'm I'm quite surprised. Mm. Wow. Um, well, this you, is a different episode. This is you, not the same as the Doctor Who episode. Yeah, here first. Um, they Live. They Live. By John Carpenter. Yeah. Well, he does do his own scores, which I always found very impressive. Oh, yeah, that's very impressive. Um, Especially Halloween. Yeah. Um, wow. Okay. That is... The, wow, okay. All right. And interesting. Add that to a list of what, what you're watching, or add it to your Netflix queue if you're uh, um, currently on it. Right, okay, well, uh, right, let me see. If, uh, okay, all right, well, I guess So. I guess in keeping with the theme of sci-fi then, my next um, my next pick is um, V for Vendetta. Interesting. Um, we might have differing opinions on this one. Okay, <laughs> okay um, yeah, I mean, when V for Vendetta first came out, I had no idea i didn't know anything about it i didn't know it'd been a graphic novel um i didn't know anything about it i just saw the trailer and i thought this that looked awesome and then when i saw the film in the, in the cinemas um it absolutely blew me away i mean it was so i felt so powerful and stirring i thought v as a character was just so compelling and mysterious i love that we knew nothing about him we never see his face um yeah, I just really love the film, you know, the 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 music and the, the the way it builds up and the tension and the sort of bleak dystopian future that it presents. Mm. Um I really liked that and um and also also the thing is I'm I'm I do when it comes to like comic book adaptations, I'm a def I'm definitely a sucker for a dark um sort of uh what's the word sort of not traditional mm. type of comic book movie so another for example another comic book movie i love is watchmen because it's so different it's got yeah. swearing and blood and gore and sex and it's very dark and grim mm. and i really like that um which is why I'm, I'm i think i'm more of a dc kid than a marvel boy but um but anyway i'm get but the point is v Vendetta. Um, yeah, I've just I've always loved it. I've I, well, I pretty much it's one of those films, like another film that's I'll talk about later, where I watch it every year. It's sort of like a um, bonfire night. Do, you do it on the fifth of November. tradition. I do it around the fifth. I try <laughs> if sometimes I'm not always free on the fifth, but I do try and do it around the fifth. But yeah, um, I don't know. Well, it just the it just you know the 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 ending as well again it just gives me goosebumps every time and it really and you know i just it's so stirring um i think the acting's great apart from natalie portman's english <laughs> accent um Easy. but um are you like a crazy person um <laughs> but apart apart from natalie portman um apart from that accent yeah uh i think it's great um I think Hugo Weaving's great. I mean, his voice is just oh, it's 
it's just incredible. And to do that as well, I know that he was replaced halfway through filming. No, he replaced uh, James Purefoy. Oh, really? Um, and so some of the shots of V are James Purefoy and not Hugo Weaving. Um, but even still, to deliver a performance like that, which is entirely vocal... Um, mm. I mean, yeah, I know in some of the, most of the shots, it is actually him under the mask. But still, all of the dialogue will have been recorded separately because oh, yeah, yeah. you can't just talk no, through a mask no, no. to deliver a performance. And also, you know, he's wearing these these um, these Guy Fawkes masks, and yet you can st- because of the the quality of his voice acting, you can sort of almost see the emotion um, through his his vocal acting and uh, that and literally with his neck and head movements yeah upper body yeah like like when he just like you can hear when he's like like, he lowers his head ever so slightly and you can hear in his voice and it's just like you can see it you can almost see the pain um and that i think is just tremendous um john hurt is is excellent as the villain um i mean it's so very on the nose to have John Hurt as the um, right as the uh, uh, you know uh, one of the antagonists, the main villain, the main villain after his he was the the protagonist in nineteen eighty four. Like so I know it's uh, absolutely spot on, obviously. But um, yeah, he, he's a fantastic actor. You know, we um, we'll get to him in another. Yeah, we'll get to him. In I mean, I know, I know, Alan. Is it Alan Moore? Yeah, I know Alan Moore hated it. Well, here's the thing with Alan Moore. But he just hates everything. He hates it. I mean, he hated League he hates of Extraordinary anyway. Gentlemen, which is fair enough because that's pretty that's, fucking that's pretty rubbish. But um, I know Alan Moore hates Spoilers it, for and and and, okay. um, <laughs> and, uh, and and sort of wrote it and dis- I think he had uh, he had his name taken off the credits or whatever. But um, but I I you know and I haven't read um, the graphic novel, but I do know what's different about it yeah the changes yeah and i actually think the movie's better i think this is where we probably definitely yeah know. well I've, yeah. I've read it okay well you know i just I, after the i saw the film though it's well, for example like um apparently in, in the book it's the other way around like he destroys the houses of parliament first and then the old bailey at the end mm. and i and it, it makes so much more sense to it me to switch that me. round yeah um so it's just things like that that I I I didn't as I say I didn't read the novel but I read about it and yeah, the differences and I yeah. thought yeah actually I think the the films the the book doesn't sound as good as the film but anyway what's your, what's your I, opinion I feel I feel like um I liked I liked the graphic novel better but I also used in my head Hugo Weaving's voice ah. so I don't know what people would have done before that like what he would have sounded like to to people reading it prior, but I only feel like that helped. But I, yeah, I did. I did like the the graphic novel a little bit better. It's the same with Watchmen. I'm not too. I'm not too snobby in that regard. Mm. I love Watchmen, like the film. I really do. Like, yeah, it's one of the most faithful to a T remakes of a of a graphic novel, except for one very giant thing um which if you haven't seen it it's a squid instead yeah, of an explosion I know, so, and again so, i know exactly what you mean yeah but here's the thing to it's better uh, i think it's again i think it's better though to slim down the runtime because you you would have had to have 
in Watchmen's like caveat, the subplot of uh, Adrian doing this like interdimensional science and like it, yeah, it's kind of out there. Like it was out there for like mm. the eighties, and it wouldn't grip uh, a normal audience. So ch- them changing it to like renewable energy, yeah, was just an easy way to just kind of streamline it for the audience yeah uh to have a big explosion at yeah. the end and i'm like that that's that's okay like I, I, as much as i love the the graphic novel of watchmen and right. of v for vendetta i was gonna I say like... what about <laughs> welcome to the watchmen yeah, that... podcast <laughs> i'm just i'm just saying like the the things that were changed you yeah. had to change them for for audiences yeah you know? um to actually watch a, a two-hour film yeah um like this yeah it's different it's different when it's a graphic novel you could you can literally do whatever you know yeah uh it's the same with animation in film you know you can go a little bit further with it yeah um especially graphic novel because you're you're just it's it's drawings and it's a comic book and you know it's less expensive to make so for them to put that much money in and have exactly what it would be like in the graphic novel would have yeah. been a stupid idea yeah um but yeah I, I like the film like it's that's not going to take away from it being a separate thing mm. Mm. like you said hugo weaving is amazing in it and uh yeah the only thing yeah it's just natalie portman's english mm. accent i mean why did they yeah. just choose someone who was british i mean I, 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 exactly but i mean she i mean she she was the um she was the star of the film her name came first in the and in the, the the billing order. I mean, she'd just um, been in Star Wars a few times, so she's probably still hot shit. I mean, I know V. I know V for Vendetta has its um has its flaws, and I actually think um it might be the lowest rated film on IMDb on in my top five. Um, so um and it, so it's 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 by no means perfect film, and it's it's by no means. You know, it, it it in terms of sort of as the reasons you've just laid out, it might not be the best adaptation of a graphic novel, but um, yeah, as I say, I just I just love it. Um, I love it of, on its own as a film on its own. Um, it's not badly rated on Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb. It's like eight point one on IMDb. Is it? Yeah, and seventy three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I thought it was a it was a six. Ninety one percent of Google users liked the film. Well, see, told you it was good. And Liam. obviously, and ob- <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just me who hates it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there you go. I swear, and it uh, also wow. gave us the the trope of having Rupert Graves as um, a police officer. Because he's he's a police officer in everything. Oh yeah, Lestrade. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's um. That that's that's my number two. Nice. So does that does that segue into a pick for you in some way? No. Okay. <laughs> So my second one is actually a film which we were maybe going to watch the other night. I don't know whether this was when we were... It's not when we got really uh, drunk and watched Dead Poets Society. Oh, okay, yeah. By the way, I, f- I haven't actually... Now's an opportunity for me to ask you, what did what did you think of the ending? Oh, I rewatched it. Yeah. yeah. Did you hear? Yeah. <laughs> did you hear I, the bad I could hear the I could hear the music <laughs> through, through the wall. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I loved it. Oh, it's so although, stirring, isn't it? Although... There, it's not a happy ending, 
Is no, it? no, no, no. Robin Williams gets fired. No, I know, but it's it's just it's it's just that in that scene, the goosebumps yeah. of them all just getting up on their table and say, "Oh, captain, yeah. my captain," and hmm. I, oh, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, over. I mean, it's it's a it's a long old slog of a film, isn't oh, it? Oh yeah, but, it's, um, well, it's two hours and twenty minutes, and like about three minutes. But of the, it is... the thing about that is, is the payoff. It's credit. For me, oh, yeah. it's worth it because yeah. you because you go through all the you go through all the emotions and then you get that rousing mm. ending. So uh, I might as well just segue that in. I'll have I'll have Dead Poets Society as my number two. I'll I'll, I'll get to the other one. I was gonna say it's Dead Poets Society really. Oh, I've got a list and it's got quite a few on it. So I'm, we might as well just keep talking about Dead Poets Society. Seriously. So we started at the end, but let's talk about the beginning. Wow. Okay. I didn't I didn't think you were going to include. It, it was in my. Uh, it was in my uh, ultimately longer list. Right, honourable right. mention particulars. Right. Okay. Wow. So I mean, we don't. I only watched it for the first time, um, drunk as a skunk, last night or the night before. Night before. Night before. Yeah. Yeah. And I fell asleep with twenty minutes to go. He did. Quite important. Yeah. Uh, so I had to rewatch the last twenty minutes whilst hungover. Yeah. But it's yeah, it's a great film. Uh, Robin Williams, uh, I just, more and more, I, I can't, I'm just like, he was a great dramatic actor. Uh, I don't think he gets Brilliant. enough recognition for not, just not being a comedian. I mean, he must have got nominated for an Oscar for that, at least. I don't think God. he won. But, or did he win? No, he won for Goodwill Hunting, didn't he? Yeah, so this, um, Dead Poets Society was 89, I think, so let me just check. Oh yeah. I mean, it's it's your it's your classic, you know, um, unorthodox teacher um, comes in and and teaches a bunch of um, sort of you know uh, stiff upper lip kids to like you know um, think outside the box yeah. and seize the day. There's definitely been other films of its ilk in the way you just described you yeah know, like the yeah where the teachers on paper it's the, the, been done so many times before. think out of the box i'm not uh, i'm yeah. not your usual teacher yeah exactly i mean the i think the the earliest one i remember is um to sir with love with Sidney poitier where he goes into a, a british white school mm. and he's the like he's black and american so they're very like um who were misses. Uh, yeah, they're very like give him a real hard time, but then yeah. obviously wins them over because of his like you know Joie de vivre. Yeah. Um so it's kinda like that, but but yeah, I mean Oh and it won the Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay. Nice. Uh from Tom Schulman. And yeah, Robin Williams got um nominated for Best Actor and uh Peter Weir for Best Director. I'm not surprised. Yeah, uh, got another nomination. So yeah, it won one Academy Award, um, won a BAFTA and uh, Best Original Film Score as well at the BAFTAs. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, I don't know. It's I feel like it was one of those films that obviously I'm aware of the references, but I'd never seen. Yeah, uh, and then once I once once we watched it, um, me and two parts, you in one. Uh, yeah, I just loved it. It was great. It's great drama. I mean, it's it's very gripping because mm. um, that that night, the night in question that we watched it, 
I don't remember leaving the pub mm. um, or getting the the, the pizza. Mm. But I do remember that watching that whole do film. Do remember watching a two hour and twenty minute, um, you know, Emotion- quite emotional, very drama. intense <laughs> drama. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even. I got to the bit obviously where uh, uh, Neil is in the play. Yeah, that's right. And then I fell asleep, and literally two scenes later, he's dead. Yeah, he kills himself. Well, um, spoilers. I mean, <laughs> we're going to be talking about these yeah. films. Uh, but yeah, I just, yeah. And I was just like, wow. And it had, um, uh, what's his name? I keep calling him Red because his name was uh, Red. Ethan Hawke? In, no, in that oh. 70s show. You know, Neil's dad. Oh, yeah. The guy, the guy from uh, yeah, Robocop. Yeah, yeah, the guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, just, I was just like, he plays such a, a, a dickhead in everything. He's, he does he's do a, that well, doesn't he? And he's great he? at it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, Dead Poets Side's beautiful. And the score, those the, the bagpipes. Yeah, oh, at the end. And that, I mean, honestly, that scene. I mean, you know, I, I, I would urge you to go and watch the whole film, but if you can't be bothered, then you should at least look up that ending scene. Mm. Because I know, and I've seen that you know like these like lists like what culture and that like they do like the ten most stirring, inspiring <laughs> endings. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's amazing, always yeah. in the top ten. Oh yeah, yeah. Because it's just one of those. Oh, it just comes out of nowhere and then bam, it really hits you in the feels. It's a yes. Yeah, it's, it's a couple of emotional one-two punches. Yeah. Um, in that film. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a great film, and I'm uh, more than more than happy for it to go into. Uh, a five out of my choices. One of the wow. five out of my choices. That's admirable of you. Yeah. To uh... I mean, we started talking about it. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna have. I'm not budging on mine. I'm but... gonna have a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And as you know, I just I just go with the flow. Like, yeah, that's right. That's right. Pants, yeah, so. that's right. I spend I, I spend days like scrutinising over it, and you're just and like, I change it mid podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Um, but yeah, Dead Poets Society is a, a great movie. Um, and I'd I'd recommend it if you're if if you're in the mood for something dramatic on mm. a on a rainy day like mm. it's just started raining here. Yeah, um, it's a I, I I would say as well it's it's probably it's a good in the middle film for a, something to watch with your girlfriend mm. lads if you're listening because <laughs> I think you you'd enjoy it and she'll enjoy it so it's a good compromise film mm. I think so um so there you go um. Does that segue into your next one? Um. Well, <laughs> uh, probably no. not, though. Um, okay. Ye- so I'm saving. I'm saving my my favorite film of all time right. for last. Yeah. Um, I actually might. That might have actually moved one film in which is in my top five. Yeah. Down into the honorable mentions. Oh, controversial. I know. Okay, um, right, okay, well this, so my next one, this has got nothing to do with Dead Poets Society. Um, <laughs> so my next one, and this might surprise you because I don't think I've ever mentioned it once in the whole time we, in the whole like 10 years we've been friends or whatever, but um, it's Apocalypto. You have. I have. But, okay. on, but in passing like, uh, we'd maybe be listing off films and then you'd insert that into that list. Right, I've yeah. heard you say talk about it, before. not in any depth, so this I'm, will be good. Well, I mean, it's just... 
this one this this along with life of brian was were the two that i wasn't sure about and kept changing okay so so the other three vendetta and, and the other two i haven't mentioned yet are were locked in from from the beginning um yeah, I just, you know, I just, for, again, it's it's a sort of similar story to for V Vendetta with this one. Um, oh, this is going to age me. I was working at Blockbuster when it came out uh, on DVD, and I hadn't seen it. Um, and I must admit, at the time, I hadn't really, I wasn't really that interested in world cinema. I hadn't, mm. you know. Yeah. Um, I thought Especially I'll, at that age. Like, yeah, exactly. I was, I was, a, I was like, a, I was barely 18, um, I think, or even younger. And um, and I, so I thought I'll I'll just try this film. And I'd been working; it was a late shift. I didn't get home from work till like gone eleven. And I thought uh, I'll just stick this film on. I'm probably not going to like it. I'll probably fall asleep. I put it I put it on as a fall asleep to film. Mm. My God, I was just gripped within about ten minutes of the film. I thought that it's it it beautiful, beautifully shot, stunning. And yeah, it is it is in. Mayan, I guess, ancient mm. Mayan. Yeah, okay. Um, but you know, I just—if anything—that made me pay attention more. Mm. Um, the characters really engaging, and oh my god! And then the story—it just—it just grabs you. It absolutely grabs you, and just bam! You're just—it just takes you along for this absolute roller coaster of a ride. I mean, the film sort of in three acts. Yeah. The first act is sort of establishing the village life and and that, and then, and then the second act is 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 about them getting captured and being taken to the the the, the big city, the big Mayan city, the temple. Yeah. And then the third act is basically a chase film, um, and each each act feels like it's sort of its own little separate mini film. Very self-contained. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but and but I mean. And each one is sort of gripping for a different reason, but and that third act, um, it's just it, it's just it, your heart's just racing watching it. And I mean, you know, you know, uh, say what you want about Mel Gibson, but my God, he's a good director. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. he is. It's brilliant. I mean, Braveheart's brilliant. This is brilliant. Um, Hacksaw Ridge was brilliant. Oh yeah. I mean, we when that when his name popped up. We we were like directed by Mel Gibson. <laughs> we were just like, what? Oh my god! But uh, oh. it's honestly, I just, it's just brilliant. I, I think it's just I, you have to see it. Um, yeah, it's a spectacle as well. Oh, like. such it's a true. spectacle! I feel like with Apocalypso, um, I think that and uh, a not so good film, Ten Thousand BC, were both two films that I. Twin films, probably. Quite close. Yeah. Uh, they're two films that I uh, were one of the first things that I bought on Blu-ray because yeah. of how visually stunning they both were. Yeah. Because obviously, you know, uh, the transition from like kind of normal standard to HD, you want something to watch that yeah. was... It's the same with like HD to like 4K. You want something that's like shows it off. And those two were two films that I was like, they show that off. You know, and I, I like Apocalypse Zone more than 10,000 BC. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a great film. And like you said, it's, um, it's a, it was uh, especially to like Western audience and all unknown cast. Yeah, so, that's right. Um, you know, you take it anytime you do that, you take a risk. You should do They should do it more. But anytime you do do that, you do take a risk. Yeah. But still paid off. Like, I mean, I think it's a great film. I mean, obviously, 
Passion of the Christ was a huge hit for him, mm. and that and that was um, you know that was in Hebrew, I guess, ancient Hebrew, and was subtitled. So I think because that was such a big hit and a success, mm. he was then able to do this. He was able he was able to uh, kind of get a, a wedge in the door, yeah, and then say like, look, we can make studio movies that are world cinema big budget because it was yeah. like 120 million is the budget yeah um well spent and you know and still get an audience yeah to I go mean, see it i mean i don't even know if it counts as world cinema but if it was if it was made by hollywood unless it was an True. australian production um but um i mean it was brilliant and and you know after i saw that i was like that was one of the that was one of the best films I've ever seen in my life, and um, and then and then from that point on, I started renting movies from the world cinema section. So again, this is aging me a bit, but when I worked at Blockbuster, we used to get ten free rentals a week. Generous, yeah, it's good, isn't it? And um, and that was anything new releases, oldies. Mm. So and I used to start rent. So I used to start using that and renting films from the world cinema section that i'd never heard of and i ended up watching there's some you know some of these some of these um uh f- like french cinema um korean cinema mm. um like i saw i saw a film by the the parasite director bef- about 20 years before he made parasite called the host that's one of the best films mm. best world cinema films i've ever seen um so yeah, um, it, it not only was I think Apocalypse was amazing, but it also opened um, this my eyes to this whole sort of untapped resource mm. of quality films that I I'd sort of um, you know um, brushed aside, yeah. or, you know, before. Because it's not your typical blockbuster, exactly. Um, but honestly, it. If you're not, if you're one of those people who's like, oh, I don't really like watching films with subtitles, it doesn't matter with Apocalypto because, to be honest, there's only about forty percent dialogue in it anyway. Most of it is just action and yeah. suspense, you know, and uh, and visuals. Yeah, and good good visuals at that. I just, well, I'd, I'd said it was a hundred twenty million. It made a hundred twenty million. The budget was only forty. So that's quite that's fucking wow. well impressive because I was I was just like yeah 120 million that's surely how much it would cost wow I just assumed when so I was I was just I was just looking up figures and uh, it had them the other way around and I was just like oh well and I guess 40, it, 40 million is such a low budget I mean if you're filming on location as well in in the jungle then I guess you know 40 40 million today wouldn't get you a uh, uh well lit yeah. trashly acted romantic comedy yeah well you know where a lot of the you know where a lot of the money goes it's just like with footballers it's on actors actor salaries yeah true. You, you know like hollywood a-listers they get like 20 million mm. for the film so if he you know no wonder endgame was one of the biggest oh my god i mean how on earth <laughs> the, the, imagine the not, salaries I I it was like I swear both films together was 500 I mean, how much did Robert Downey Jr. earn just for that? Probably 10% of the whole budget. Yeah, oh my God, exactly. And that's probably why they made such a profit on Apocalypto, because they probably shot on location, they didn't have to pay ridiculous actor salaries. Um, 
you know, um, Mel Gibson probably hired like a local unit crew mm, for some, um, some shots at least. So yeah, um, it's probably just special effects really, just and marketing. But um, yeah. Anyway, that's uh, yeah. Um, Once again, that doesn't really segue me into uh, <laughs> the next one. Although one of the actors is in the MCU, as we were just talking about it, but not the one you think. So in this one, it's a film starring Robert Redford, James Gandolfini, The Last Castle. Have you heard or seen it? I've never heard of it. Again. Oh, mate, it's. Um, the the way I can describe it is kind of like the Shawshank Redemption, but it's a military prison, and it's Robert Redford instead of Tim Robbins. That sounds already. I'm sold. That sounds um, brilliant. Mark Ruffalo's in it. Um, uh, who else is is in it? That's quite recognisable. Uh, Delroy Lindo, you'll you'll recognise. I know Delroy yeah, Lindo. Yeah. He's uh, the cop in Gone in Sixty Seconds. Yep, there you yep. go. Uh, so it's about a um, a colonel who's court-martialed and sent to military prison. And it's literally just like it's literally Robert Redford versus James Gandolfini, and it's just pure acting. Oh, this sounds brilliant. We we should definitely give it a watch. I can't it's like what, I haven't heard of this. It's one of my favourite films, and I, I if someone offered me. The one I could only watch, uh, the Shawshank Redemption or this film forever, like the and I can't watch the other one ever again. Yeah, I'd choose the last cast. Wow, that is a statement. Well, don't 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 say anything. Don't say the ending then. I know it's um, uh, the film's twenty years old now, two two thousand one. But put that on the poster. Like I'd rather watch this. Rather watch this than forever. the Shawshank Redemption. The Shawshank Redemption ever again. It, which is what number two on IMDb's? I think it's still number all one. time. I what uh, one. more than Empire Strikes Back? Yeah, yeah. Wow, there you go. So you, you, Liam Reedy, are saying that this film, <laughs> The Last Castle, is you'd rather watch it than IMDb's number one greatest film of all time. Yes. Now that well, I've got to see it. Yeah. That sounds brilliant. So I will. That is a little bit of the 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 premise. Um, yeah, I do just recommend you. Just I know we're this podcast in itself is a recommendation list. Yeah. Um. So I think I feel like this one. I'll just leave for you to watch. Yeah. Um. And those listening as well, because I it's not like a well known film. I, I mean, it's um, you know, it's. Well, it's got obviously it's got a few. It's got three large stars in it. Um, with I'd include Mark Ruffalo in that as well. Um, but yeah, it was it only came out to kind of like uh, the the budget was seventy two million dollars, but it only made twenty seven back. Blimey! So, I mean, it's not got great reviews on Rotten Tomatoes everywhere else. Though. Yeah, but you know, Amazon, it's like nearly a perfect score. Yeah, IMDb is a seven out of ten. Some yeah, but sometimes there are films like that that no one's ever heard of. Yeah, like Instinct is another is with Anthony Hopkins and Cuba Gooding Jr. Beautiful film, like Oscar worthy acting. No one's ever heard of it. Yeah, and I feel this is probably number one of those films that just sort of got lost in obscurity. Mm. Um, yeah, and obviously when you've got when you when you've got 
being comparisons being made to another film. I mean, it's a, like I, the I, I only I only really make that because I'm like they're they're both prison movies. Yeah, there is a lot of difference. Yeah, like they're not one's not like oh one man was um, falsely accused of a murder and then like. Last Castle isn't exactly the same, yeah. But like, oh, it's a different location. Again, I'm not going to give anything else away. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it's, an, it's it. a it's a stirring prison drama. It's it's a drama. Yeah, like, it's a great drama. Yeah, and it's you know, um, I feel like obviously James Gandolfini is more known for The Sopranos and Robert Redford for more um, political thrillers from the 70s and like early 80s. I feel like this is just them two just being like, right, the 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 premise here is to just like axe our ass off. And uh, I don't think like it got appreciated at the time. Um I don't I don't know if whether there's been a resurgence in like people liking it. it I feel like there is because on Amazon it's like a four point eight out of five. Yeah. So like the people who are actually watching it now are like it's a good film yeah. or a great film. I want to watch it. And then you know, so like Rotten Tomatoes, it's like they with Rotten Tomatoes, it's obviously every review ever of the film. Like you know, they've been uh, recently going back very far through publications and adding those reviews to Rotten Tomatoes. It's actually been bringing down or raising up older movies. Yeah. And I feel like that's probably what's happened here. Um, but yeah, great film. Again, it's on this list for a reason. You should watch it. Well, and I think very soon we will. We will. Uh, that what a, what a great yeah. What a I mean, I must admit, Liam, I'm a lot more keen to watch that than um they live they <laughs> they live. But um, I would, I might check out they live out of curiosity oh, yeah, just yeah, because yeah. you've deemed it good enough to be on the. 10 films to see before you die i mean here's the thing with this particular podcast i'll have other opportunities because yeah um, spoiler alert we'll probably do another one with uh, another co-host yeah and it will have a different name yeah we'll do like 10 10 sci-fi films to see before you die i'm gonna have ample opportunities you are whereas this is like a yeah fair so this is your your this is you shooting your shot Whereas for this, me, this is just this like is me. Mine's going to be like a rolling chain. This is me prematurely shooting my load all <laughs> over, all over this podcast, all over the internet. Um, so okay, my so my second to last pick, lovely, my number four, um, is Joker. Okay, um, as in the 2019 Joaquin Phoenix. Todd Phillips uh, masterpiece um, is it the most recent film on your list yes good stuff it is indeed um, that's because I think it's the last good film that um, has been released yeah might be right but um, I mean look I j- you know anyone who knows me who follows me on social media or whatever will know that I love this film um, I mean yeah, I mean, I've always been a Batman fan since I was a kid. I used to watch the, the animated series. I used to have all the toys. I used to have Batman costumes. I absolutely flipping loved Batman. I'm a huge fan of the uh, the two Tim Burton films, Batman and Batman Returns, and which are and I think they are the best Batman films yet. Um, <laughs> 
but so yeah so there's no i knew that obviously i was gonna um i'm i mean look i just it's just i just love it i love it it's 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 somehow simultaneously it's a comic book adaptation and it's a a, a batman film and it's like a, 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 a gripping sort of crime drama noir on its own. Mm. It manages to be all of these things in one. Um, and a bit of like a and a bit of like a, a culture commentary. Absolutely. Um, even though it's set in the seventies, um, or like you know proper pre Batman. Yeah. It's um, it still has resonance with um, uh, things that were going on at the time and today. I wouldn't I wouldn't say some of it is on the nose, but some of it's very well done. Yes, but yeah, you're right. It has so many it has so many facets that it's it's in. Yeah, and it does them all really well. And also, you know, critics of the film, um, like for example. Um, a friend of mine called Dave, who's probably listening to this whilst um, sitting in his bath with some candles and a glass of wine. Um, he's a, you know, he's a bit, he's a bit of a precious princess, but um, he likes to listen to us in the bath. But anyway, the point is, people like Dave. Terminator um, Two is an essential viewer. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, people like Dave, and 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 uh, and he's not alone. To be fair. And I understand this, and their their criticism of the film is, oh well, it doesn't feel like a doesn't feel like a comic book movie, and also, uh, Arthur Fleck character doesn't feel like he's the Joker, because the Joker in previous incarnations and in the comic books and and whatnot is very is sort of smart and manipulative and a very much an arch villain, yeah. whereas Arthur seems to be. I mean, for want of a better word, he's a he's a. I, I wouldn't say he was camp, but he's a bit. He's um he's delicate. He's, oh yeah, yeah. He's he's not masculine in in no, in, no, in no. the in the same sort of sense that you know Heath Ledger or, or Jack Nicholson. Yeah, he's was. he's kind of um. He's kind of like the anti Joker in terms of looking at all of the jokers yes uh, if you looked at them all together because he is uh not calculating and not no. overly intelligent no he's not he's a bit of an idiot really. he's not manipulative either really no me i mean you know i would argue with those people that well he does sort of murder several people in cold blood yeah so it's not like he's, he's not he's not the hero <laughs> he's but... not it's not like he's he's not he's like a wimp no yeah i no. mean he starts off as a wimp oh, but yeah, yeah. He does. He does murder people. Yeah. Um. Literally shooting them in the face or head, or you know, suffocating them with a pillow or stabbing them in the throat. So you know, it's not like you know. It's a lot more violent. Yeah. I mean, compared to like Caesar Romero. Yeah. Um. Or even uh, uh, Jack Nicholson. I'd say it's it's like ra- ramped up. Yeah. On that. It's... I mean, I mean, you know, they're camp. Yeah. Oh yeah. To, to, to call to call Joaquin Jack Phoenix's Nicholson dances camp. to Prince. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but I, anyway, anyway, the, 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 the other point is, is it is the, 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 that's the, that's the genius thing about this film. It's not. I know it's called Joker, and I know it's set in the Batman universe, but it's not. That's not what it's really about. It's about 
it's about mental health and it's about it's about like one it's about this man's descent into a sort of depressive violent madness mm. and how you know how the sort of society around him sort of causes him to to have this sort of um the, the you know where society fails him he it causes him to go down this path and also um you know you could argue and people have that he isn't even he isn't even the joker yeah a lot of people because you know i mean you know I, a lot of people have said that the joker's real name is 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 jack or or john um and that he you know and yeah, i mean yeah i know that there are elements of the joker's backstory in this with regards to arthur the like the stand up comedian element and stuff but you could argue that he's that that arthur's not even the joker i mean he could have just inspired the joker i mean you know we've very much get that at the end of the film when everyone's wearing the masks Mm. and um i love how how that one of the the rioters the anarchists ends up being the one who um shall we say follows bruce wayne's parents down an alleyway on that fateful night yeah and and how Arthur is sort of indirectly responsible not only for the death of Bruce Wayne's parents but also for the creation of Batman. Mm. But that doesn't necessarily necessarily mean that Arthur is the Joker because I mean he's he's obviously considerably older than Bruce Wayne. Yeah. So that you know the Joker could could be could not even be him. And so it's not really about that no. in my opinion. It's not really about I know <sighs> They they made the story, and obviously you're a little bit like, well, it's obviously has to be, uh, you know, part of, um, you know, Batman's story because it's the Joker. You don't really have yeah one without the other yeah. But I'm also just like it just it just works on its own. Um, another film that kind of comes to mind, but is not as critically acclaimed, is um is Venom. Oh yeah. A film which I, again, had only really seen recently. I know there's going to be another one. But at the time prior, or as uh, Venom was out in cinemas, I really have like a urge to see it because I was like, well, to me, Venom is an antithesis to Spider-Man. And yeah. without it, it's not, it's not the same. But then we watched it recently and it yeah. was great. It's yep. the same with the Joker, you know, that it is connected to Batman, but he does you don't need him. Exactly. You're right. That's a that's a great example. You can have yeah. you can have great Batman films without the Joker. You can have great now you, you, it's been proven, you know, you can have great villain pieces without the the hero. Correct. Um and that's just that's just what happens here. So. Yeah. And uh, you know, I you know, I'm not uh, Believe it or not, I I still I you know I still think that I I think Heath Ledger's Joker is probably the, still the best. I'm not so I'm not you know, but that does that doesn't, doesn't mean take away from it doesn't take away from Joker. It doesn't mean I don't think Joker's an, an absolutely it's it's brilliant different film. It's um I feel like when we were watching um or when in time we had the new Batman reboot, the the Christopher Nolan films Ugh. we'll get to. And um, I feel like it was easy to be like, it's it, it, Heath Ledger's not going to be as good as Jack Nicholson. That's, that's what everyone said. That's what I said. And then I feel like we've come to a point in time where you just need to shut that shit up. Absolutely. Because absolutely it's, 
always going to be different they unless said, they really yeah. mishandle it yeah. which you know b- big blockbuster films they can mishandle ha- doing reboots uh, amazing spider-man and we're looking at you and <laughs> yeah there's only one spider-man mate and he, <laughs> and he cried like a baby when you played cinderella <laughs> literally you just need to stop it with the this person is not going to be as good as the last person because it's been proven too many times yeah now yeah that, that it will absolutely it will, it will be it can be not every time but it can be better look at ben affleck yeah. same thing everyone wrote him off yeah that's true and he was brilliant I mean the jury's out in certain bits of the, Sh- the Schneider verse um, stick around for our Schneider Cut uh, podcast which is the next one that actually, is isn't it yeah. I, yeah nice segue nice uh, nice plug I like it but yeah I feel like it's happened too many times for for people to just be like oh we've had uh, a XYZ character mm. in the last I mean, there should be a certain amount of time. It shouldn't be like two years later. But, you know, if it's been five to ten years, just expect them to be using their intellectual property however they want. And it'd be different enough a story to interest people. Yeah. And this is the, this is the, the case. This is the, the, you should point to, you should be like, look, this doesn't take away anything from uh, Jack Nicholson. Or if you want to go to the 60s, Cesar Romero. Yeah, you're right. Doesn't take anything away from Heath Ledger's Joker, which won an Oscar. Or Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill is amazing yeah. in the uh, animated series. Um, most people's, you know, kind of... We won't talk about the, that other one. <laughs> <laughs> we won't even include him. But yeah. Oh, no, yeah, no. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I, I completely forgot. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, no. Oh god, we have to talk about. Oh my god, what's that thing he does? It's like a perp. <laughs> it sounds like a fucking creaky door. <laughs> Someone get the WD forty out. And sort the Joker out. Oh um, god, yeah, uh, but yeah, I feel like it's. See, look, that's that's that's. There's always there's going to be one miss. Yeah, but then there's there's so many good performances, and then you know, Joaquin Phoenix, he kind of brings he brings it all, doesn't he? Did he? He won an Oscar for it. He did. Yeah. Um, that's two oh. Oscars for people who played the Joker. I know that shows you how much of a compelling character. It well, can be. it is. I mean, it, and you know, it, oh, it's just, yeah. I just love. I, I love. I love that film. I love the anarchy of it. Um, yeah, and yeah, I know. I know we're getting a sequel, so a lot of these answers, a lot of these questions, sorry, are probably going to be answered. But um, you know, like I said, we don't know if he's actually the Joker. We don't know if he just imagined pretty much the whole film in his head um you know it's very sort of it has a very sort of open ending in terms of oh hang on a minute was but he was in he was in the he was in arkham at the start so does that mean that this whole film he was he's just been in the mental hospital for the whole thing and this whole film is just him sitting in the office smoking a cigarette imagining everything that happened yeah or did it actually happen or what so I like that. You, I remember you said the other day you like films where at the end where you you're not sure whether it happened or not. Oh yeah, the yeah. Uh, so we talked when we talked about Total Recall. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I fuck. I love films where they're just like, it, it. Not as cheesy as I'm about to say, but when the 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 camera turns to you and just goes, or did they? Yeah. Do you know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, and then there's always a question mark at the end. Yeah. 
um, that just can't be answered. I mean, the original, not the original, but the the director's cut of um, Blade Runner. I knew you were going to say Blade Runner. <laughs> fucking, yeah. And then obviously ruined by the sequel being like, yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a X, Y, Z. Yeah, definitely. definitely yeah. No spoilers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I love, yeah, I love a mm. film that's just like, uh, has you uh, has you uh, f- trying to grasp yeah for question uh, for answers to questions yeah and you and it gives you nothing <laughs> you yeah know? like or it gives you like the little cr- little crumbs and then you're talking about it with mm. you know your friends on a podcast or down a pub yeah mm. yeah like that I mean uh, yeah it's a bit like it's a bit like on um, the Usual Suspects when yeah. um, a certain character. Mm. Is revealed to be a certain other character, <laughs> and it's it's revealed that it, that, that 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 character basically made up all of the all the names and all of the the, the characters and everything. A lot of what had happened, he mm. made up. But yeah. then, after he leaves, he then gets picked up in the car by another character who we thought he'd made up. So it's like, oh, hang on a minute. Did he make it all up yeah. or did it all happen or, you know, nice what's going on? No answers. Nice Do you know, a lot of people I've read, I read an interesting theory thing where the people, the people think that actually that the character in question isn't the character. Hmm. It's actually the character who picks him up in the car. It's the real Nice. Do you know who I mean? Yes, and what I I'm do, talking yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> and if you've seen the end of Usual Suspects. You're... Now you know. So yeah, about. the guy who picks him up in the car at the end is actually is actually the person what? they're talking about. It's actually the yeah. And it's not the person who gets picked up in the car. Anyway. So when you're watching that, you, we've just made it ultimately more confusing. It's like a, it's like a triple twist, I guess. Core. Cool. The first twist is that you oh it's this guy, and then the mm. second twist is oh it's actually this guy, mm. and now I've just added a third twist. Yeah. A lot for you to think that's about. How that's I how we like it. That's how we. That's how I like. <laughs> I like films like that. Yeah, yeah that's the the, yeah, you can contemplate that while you're sat in the bath, Dave. Another one, which is kind of slightly like that, is a film that we were going to watch. Which? Well, what number is this for you? Uh, this is number four. Your number four. Yeah. Um, so is a film uh, that stars really just one actor. There's another actor who was just in Usual Suspects, um, who plays a voiceover um, of I a character. I know what this is going to be. Uh, but my next one is Moon. 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 Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sam Rockwell, um, and then um, separating uh, actor fr- uh, art from artist is Kevin Spacey. Right. Uh, cameo from Matt Berry. What? As a, an executive from the company. Who took Sam Rockwell to the moon? Well, I mean, that's just sold it completely. <laughs> I was just like, um, yeah. Wow, another uh, one I haven't seen. I'm ashamed uh, to say it's a great, it's a great film. I'm, uh, again, I'm going to give minimal, minimal spoilers because I feel it's another film that doesn't get much recognition. Mm. It's very, um, it's very compact. It's about a man who lives on the moon and by himself and is uh i think he's mining and he's like uh, he's like doing like drilling and stuff yep. uh, for a for a corporation and he has um x amount of time uh, until his job is done and someone's going to come take over 
Um, and it's just following him throughout those throughout those times, uh, throughout those days. Can't quite remember how long it is. I think it's it's quite a while. But um, yes, it's another one where in this particular one, it's it's Sam Rockwell who has to act uh, with just a robot AI played by Kevin Spacey, um, and it's it's understated how hard that must be. And like the weight of the movie is just mm. on your shoulders because Absolutely. there's no one else in it. Yeah, you know, um, and for it to be entertaining, uh, it's got like it's got some twists in it. Like oh, that's not really a spoiler. Um, you know, it's really a great. It's a great. It would be good to look as an essay in just acting, having a one mm. actor. It's almost like a play, but it can't be because it's set on the moon. Yeah. It's like, you've got to have special effects. You know I mean? That'd be a lot of strings for the yeah, anti-gravity. Yeah. I'm, imag- I'm trying to imagine them doing that at the barn. And then yeah. just, it's just like rear projection. And there's just like loads of pulleys and wires. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and really, really overdramatic. But um, Sam Rockwell's great. Um, him uh, interacting with the the, the robot. Yeah, there's like a thing that helps him whilst he's there um i can't remember what the cat that, that character is called something simplistic i think but uh it's it's a great film when you suggested it the other day i was i was like i've just watched it yeah for research <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> well it's good you didn't give that away i mean the thing is again i'm i'm, I'm sorry to say it's another film i haven't seen but unlike your other two uh picks um I I've, I'm very much aware that it exists and I've wanted to watch it for so many years. So mm. many people have said, Harry, you've got to see Moon. It's a tour de force in acting and it's brilliant. Um, yeah, the uh, the two or three um, people who... So he... This isn't really a spoiler. He has a like a conference call with the people back on Earth, the company he works for. And the the two people, the two main people in the... They're in like a conference room. The two main other actors in that scene are Benedict Wong and Matt Berry. Oh, that is brilliant. <laughs> it's uh, such a random in- inclusion because it feels like they're talking to the to their characters from IT crowd. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like Douglas Renham and... and um, uh, oh, what, what? The guy from the... the uh, is it Prime? Yeah, that's... Yeah, it. from the Countdown episode. <laughs> So it feels like it's it's very surreal for a British person to be watching this movie, and you're like, oh, this is uh, so they just got the cameras on from their episode of IT Crowd, and they shot this scene, did they? Yeah, Kevin Spacey plays the voice of Gertie, which is like a robot. Oh, uh, what's um, you know, where it's like um, what straight countdown? Where it's like regular countdown, but it's played outside. Played outside. Um, I don't see how that's dangerous. <laughs> well, it does get quite cold. <laughs> But the um, yeah, it's a, it's just a it's a great drama sci-fi kind of mishmash. Mm. Oh, yeah. um, again, it's it's very simple, you know. Like it's a very simple premise. Like a man who has been, you know, his job is to do this thing, to do this collecting these minerals or whatever uh, on the moon. Mm. And, you know, he's the only one up there because, you know, I guess because obviously it costs a lot of money to put someone on the moon. If you you can have one person doing it, you'd have one person doing it. And um, 
you just obviously you go through all of the aspects of like what that w- would be like and it's just it's a good it's a good it's a good drama and it's it makes you it makes you think about it as well it's yeah it's a really good movie so that's going to be my number 4 again i'm trying to sans spoilers yeah i know it's difficult hey because you know you should just watch it and uh, yeah. i can't really give too much else away yeah uh, no you've definitely sold it i think um uh, yeah it's de- and it's it's de- it's been on my it's been on my i need to watch this list for years so now now it's it's gone bumped bumped up. right up <laughs> um wow okay um <clears throat> That doesn't really segue into my into your last one. My last no. pick. Um, okay. Really, unless it's like Transformers: Dark of the Moon. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> did you see my list? I've been peeking. Uh, yeah, no. Um, it's not Transformers. Um, my so my last pick into the uh film to see before you die. Um, is. My favourite film of all time, the greatest film ever made, um, and that of course is Heat. <laughs> yeah. um, Heat is just an excellent five star, ten out of ten film. It's got action. Yeah. Pacino. Yeah. De Niro. Yeah. Kilmer. Yeah. I mean it. Oh. It's just, it's brilliant. It's Michael Mann at his absolute mm. best. I mean, it's absolutely, it's just a brilliant, beautifully shot. I mean, the cinematography is gorgeous. The score is is just out of this world. Um, the story is just gripping. And then there's the acting. Um, uh, so the, 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 the thing about Heat is... Um, so when when he was sort of made or unfilmed and came out at that time this was a huge big deal because this was the first film where Robert De Niro and Al Pacino who at the time were two of the biggest stars in Hollywood and who still are arguably among the best actors best film actors right this was going to be the first film that they did together where they actually shared the screen. But previous to this, they had only made one film together, which was The Godfather Part 2. Mm. But of course, in The Godfather Part 2, for which De Niro won his first Oscar, they never shared the screen. Different times. Because De Niro was playing Vito Corleone in a flashback. And obviously, Pacino was continuing his role of Michael Corleone in the present. Yeah. Um, and... By the time Heat came around, which is in 1995, I think, obviously Pacino and De Niro were huge and they'd made so many um, incredible Oscar-winning or Oscar-nominated films. And this was like the two heavyweights of acting coming together to make and be in a film together, Mm. you know? Um, And so... I'm trying to think of, of 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 another sort of metaphor for what this was like. I mean, it's it would have been like if Schwarzenegger and Stallone, right? Were, that's it. Yes, were in a film in their eighties, yeah, like or like exactly or around the same time. Yes, it, it it's yes, it's Schwarzenegger and Stallone. It it's, was another. I don't think it was as much of like a rivalry because I, I think Schwarzenegger and Stallone was like 
a rivalry. Yeah, no. It, Whereas no, it I wasn't. feel like with Al Pacino and uh, Robert De Niro, it was more like um, they just they just didn't ever occupy the same space. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's it's different, but it's also the only the only thing that comes close is yeah. thinking about uh, Stallone and uh, Schwarzenegger. Yeah, yeah, I know. of how big it would have been. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, I mean, I know they were different. They were different eras, but it would it would be like Muhammad Ali and Mike Tyson. Yeah fighting hmm. um it, it, it just would have been it was just huge and but the but but the the genius thing about this film the absolute genius thing was that that was how it was built up as a, you know finally de niro and pacino together in a movie um you know one's a cop the other's a a, a, a robber and they're going head to head and all this stuff and yeah, we got all that, but the absolute genius thing is they ha- they're hardly they're hardly on screen together. Yeah. I swear they have two major scenes they do. together, don't they? And that's what's brilliant about it. We d- we don't actually get them together until halfway through the film. And all they do is act. Go for coffee. Mm. And it's just br- it's just such it's honestly and but the thing is, if we hadn't had this all this build up or if if we'd had them in the film together, but they're like literally in every scene together, you it wouldn't have made it so unique and special. Hmm. And that scene in Heat where they where they sit down and have coffee together is such an iconic scene now. I mean, people still go to that restaurant in America and they ask to sit at the table. Wow, and I have photos know. taken and stuff. Where, was, where is it in uh, LA? Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, just like the the sleepless in no, not the when Harry met Sally. You know oh, yeah. that famous yeah, people yeah. do that. Go to that yeah, restaurant. Yeah. I'll have what she's having. Yeah, love it. And you know, and, and the, oh, that scene. I mean, honestly, it's it's a masterclass in acting. And all they do is talk about their lives and how how and and they sort of and then they help. They have this sort of realization in the scene where they're actually they're actually quite alike. Mm-hmm. Um, and they and they they sort of by the end of the scene they have this sort of um, they've almost developed a sort of mutual respect for one another. Yeah, they won't stop trying to. Well, Pacino won't stop trying to trying to get him, but yeah, they yeah, he earns the respect. it's about respect. Yeah. And he even says and he even says to him uh, in one of my favourite movie quotes of all time, he says, um, uh, "Now that he, no, I won't, I won't do my Pacino impression, but." He, <laughs> He says, "Now that we've been face to face, if I've if if I've got to put you down, I won't like it. But if it's between you and some poor son of a bitch whose wife you're going to turn into a widow, then brother, you are going down." Nice. And then De Niro says, "Now that we've been face to face, I won't like it either. But if you've got me boxed in, then I'll put you down." Um, classic. And it's like, uh, yeah. You know, and yet, but yet they're still sort of nodding, and and I think De Niro almost smiles at him. I think it's the only time he smiles in the film; he just sort of does a half smile. <laughs> yeah, and um, and that's it. That's the only scene they're in together until the end, hmm. the big finale. Yeah, um, which is one one of, if like not, the best action set pieces. Oh God, yeah, in cinema, the sh- the the, the post heist shootout. Which has been in every medium that you can think of, yeah. Referenced or copied or uh, emulated or yeah. uh, given homage, yeah. And it's just one great long 
action scene, and the action is realistic. So much so that they they teach the reload technique that uh, Val Kilmer does in the U.S. Marines. I was just going to say that. This, I read somewhere insane. that they use heat. They they get people. They get. I thought it was the police, but they get people to watch heat. Yeah. As part of tra- their training yeah. about about how to like handle yourself in that kind of situation. Mm. How to yeah. Which again, that's so insane. How detailed it is, and yeah. how how good it is. Yeah. Um, I recently watched a couple of videos, which were, um, you know, like firearm specialists. Yeah. Uh, watching. We, we, yeah, giving movies, their opinion. I've seen things like that. Giving yeah. uh, their ratings, and uh, I've done. I've seen ones with like snipers, where they watch like American Sniper. Yeah. Like, Hurt Locker. Survival experts watch like survival films, and, say, and then you know when it comes to. Uh, urban warfare specialists. He is always top, and he's always like, "Yep, he, yeah, he's definitely done that well." The only thing, this is again, this is a, a nitpick. There is one bit where uh, Robert De Niro hides behind like uh, a lamp post, and it's like really thin. I'm like, "You're not. That's not cover. Like, you could easily just get shot there." But again, that's a nitpick. If all of the other, uh, you know, if they're showing it in the U.S. Marines and uh, uh, urban warfare specialists, then I'm going to go with them and say, like, if they're saying that it's not 100% spot on, but it's a film, like, it's got to be entertaining. But yeah. also, they've done it in a manner which is realistic. Yeah. And that's always what uh, Michael Mann films are like. Yeah. They're so, they're so gritty and realistic, like... I love um, post heat, uh, especially in collateral. Yeah, uh, the style of shooting at like a, I think he just shoots at a higher frames per second. It makes it uh, look that and Miami Vice. Let's not get into either of those, but like the style of it is oh yeah great oh yeah it's 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 stunning and it started, you know, kind of with with heat. And how how technically superior an action scene it is. I mean, it for me, Heat's a perfect film. Um, and I, 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 it's just I absolutely love it. Um, and you know, it, it the Dark Knight completely ripped it off. <laughs> um, and uh, or sorry, it was influenced by it. Um, but yeah, you know, people say, oh, that scene in The Dark Knight between Batman and the Joker in the interrogation room, ah, oh, so original and cool. It's not original. It's a rip-off of the, of the, the, the whole part of the whole, the, there's a rip-off of the diner scene in Heat. Anyway, um, but yeah, it's just, um, it's brilliant. And again, I know this is a, this is a, seems to be a common, f- common theme with all my picks, but again, the ending, um, Oh, it's just stunning. The music as well. I love the the piece of music. Yeah, at the end. Uh, yeah. God moving over the face over of water. water yeah. Something. Oh, it's just it's stunning. Um, that's how I want to go. By the way, oh, is that- <laughs> that's how I want to get killed. Don't worry, I'll make it. Oh, what by Al Pacino? I'll make it arranged. That's just brilliant. It's just, I just it's and also it you know it's a shame that they sort of uh, you know I mean righteous kill. It was all right, but it was nothing special. I understand why they made The Irishman, but in a way, I wish—I kind of wish that they—they'd never made another film together. Yeah, yeah. Because 
it, 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 it that was one of the elements that made Heat, Heat so unique. Mm. Um, and if that had been their only film, it would have been perfect. But um, I can understand why they made The Irishman, though, um, because it was like, you know, all, all the big stars Scorsese, coming back yeah. for one last ride yeah. kind of thing. Literally, Joe Pesci at the end of that film is like, he literally goes... He goes off into the sunset in the most, like, gangstery way where he just, he's in prison and he just, like, gets wheeled out and then that's it. Like, yeah. Uh, I think he's retired now. So. Yeah. So, uh, some of it's quite on the nose, but it's, some of it's, like, really fitting, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I I, there's not much more I can say, but it, you, you, he, you have to watch Heat. It's just, it's tremendous. It's a, it's it's an action film, but the drama that um, elevates the action, and you know, you should have good drama to accompany good action. Yeah, oh like, God, yeah. To make the stakes. Uh, higher to to give gravitas to the situation. I mean, I would describe it more as like a modern crime noir. Yeah, a hundred percent. But the, yeah. I feel like with with Heat, it's the drama is as good as the action, and oh, then God, it only yeah. complements each other. Yeah, uh, in equal measure. That when it does happen, you know, mm. when they do have the finale, it's um, the stakes are so high. Because of how good the rest of the film is, you know, absolutely. Um, that it can't, it's just it's peak acting, it's peak action, it's yeah, it's just great. Yeah, and my final, uh, my final film is quite a meta choice, okay, because it's a film which is pretty much centralized around giving your top five. Okay. And that film is High Fidelity. What is going on? Uh, the novel by Nick Hornby. Yeah. And another Nick Hornby. Writer of About a Boy. Yep. Yeah. And um, Fever Pitch. Uh, oh, yeah. Of best course. best uh, sports movie of all time. Uh, don't at me. Uh, so, but this, again, it's. Uh, a film about top fives in this case, not about top five films to see before you die each, but top five breakups uh, in his life. It's about a musician. No, not a musician. A guy who owns a, a record shop yeah. in uh, Chicago. They've changed it because obviously Nick Hornby wrote it. He's British. So it was it, set it, in it England. In originally. Yeah. yeah. And um, he goes through like a breakup with, his girlfriend right at the beginning of the film have you seen it i have seen it but i saw it once many years ago and i i don't really remember right okay I'll go, I'll go through the... it's jack black in it yes he plays his assistant or something yeah, yeah. so uh john it's john yeah. cusack um he's in it jack black and um tim robbins plays a, a a small cameo part right which is quite funny um and yeah it's about a guy who goes through a, a bad breakup Bless you. And you. Uh, he then goes through his top five breakups. Because one of the things is, uh, whilst he's working at his little uh, record shop, he has two uh, two assistants, one played by Jack Black. I can't quite remember who the other one is. Um, and 
they all they're always like oh top five movies for monday mornings or like top five songs not movies so they say this is songs obviously because they own a record shop top five uh songs for yeah you know monday mornings top five songs for death yeah top five songs for this that and the other so he he incorporates the, what they do into um his his narrative he's breaking the fourth wall he's um doing voiceover or uh talking to the camera and uh yeah it's just a really good film about like just like life in your because uh, it goes from like obviously he has like uh relationships from when he's like a kid all the way to like now it's all about like all the stupid shit you do um in relationships like in in one of the instances he literally like dumps a girl because she won't put out <laughs> and he's just like right he has to kind of come to terms with like that's not great <laughs> you know yeah because he's just like uh he gives his top five and then he's like because he's gone through this bad breakup recently he's like trying to make amends to all these other women that he's been with like to try and work out like what's wrong with him nothing really wrong with him he's just like you're a dick when you're younger and then you just learn from your mistakes kind of thing but yeah so i love the film it's just um it's obviously it's told from his perspective so he um navigates his relationships like oh I w- i've been wronged every time because because right. uh, he's like oh the worst breakups of my life but then like he literally breaks up with most of them but he doesn't he doesn't realize it it's, he doesn't realize that he did this right and then, and then like, he comes to terms with yeah, the realization of it and also it just has like a great soundtrack like all of oh, the yeah. songs are just like fucking great songs like and they're talking about music Whereas I'm more of like a film fan, like, but all of the songs they really talk about are bangers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's a great, it's a great film, and it's um, it's it's hard, it's really hard to explain. It's not, it's not high drama. It's it's more just like normal people. What? How do normal people act in life and relationships and like? you know it's it's also like i know it's this it's this a bit sappy but like every, in the end everyone like gets to meet someone it's kind of it ha- it does have that thing of like you know like the late 90s early noughties where everything has to be nice and tied up in a bow at the end yeah it has a little bit of that which i was just like uh, like it's kind of it's really cheesy at points yeah but i'm just like it does hammer home that like if you're just yourself and not a dick you're like you could you could, you know, you meet the girl of your dreams or boy of dreams, whatever. It's uh, I like happy ending. Yeah, it's uh, it's a good one for that. Where you know, uh, at first you're at first you're definitely like, oh, you're on his side. Like, oh, she she might have like cheated on him or something. Yeah. But then you realise like it's it's more complicated, and obviously it's one version. Everyone can give their That's, side of yeah, the story. Yeah. Um, and it it kind of takes you through that ride of realizing that don't take one side of story as gospel kind of thing but yeah it's just a great just a great drama just a nice it's just such an easy watch as well because it's got a good soundtrack the acting's great you know it's got a bit of comedy in it jack black's great it's like one of his first roles and um it's just got something for everyone again i'd say very close to being like one of those ones you would just put on Sunday, 
Saturday, you and someone else just sitting on a sofa watching. It's such an easy watch. Mm. Is it enough a good like uh, compromise film? Oh, hundred percent with with your girlfriend. Nice. Yeah, Yeah, very good. Yeah, one for that. And uh, uh, something that I think it's hard not to enjoy part of like something from it. Yeah, whether it's just the the way the characters are together, or the realization that some things that he's describing. I feel like most people have been through in a relationship because he has such a varied relationship with his previous girlfriends. I feel like they were covering all the bases like, mm. oh, this one, like you got cheated on with this one. Oh, this one, she like talked too much. She, you just didn't really like her. That one's a bit of a compromise. You know, you two are a bit lonely, X, Y, Z. I feel like it was covering all the bases like so that you could feel something mm. from whatever he's saying. Mm great film love it yeah john cusack's a great actor as well underrated underrated I um, 100%. i saw him recently in uh the um uh i can't remember the name of it now but it was the, the beach boys uh biopic of brian wilson oh. um oh, i can't remember what it's called but it was brilliant he was brilliant in that um so um and that's a very underrated film um but yeah no yeah um, I have seen that many, many years ago. Yeah. Um, but if yeah. you haven't seen it, give it a watch. If you have Another seen it, give it a rewatch. Yeah. Um, right. Um, Technically, we're going to talk about two honourable mentions. Yeah, because actually, no, we're going to talk about three. One each. One and each, then and then one, one combined. That's sort of the sort of the same. Yeah. Um, because we discovered that. As as is always the way with us, <laughs> there, we discovered that there was a film or a, a film series that we both. I loved. Um, so the dynamic we we had whilst trying to talk about this was trying to was trying to talk about a film without without saying the without film, giving it away. <laughs> it's so difficult. There's such a there was such a like a bit of a standoff where we just both didn't really want to say the film. Yeah, but we were like, what if it's like uh, you know this film. Uh, that's well, it, yeah. and we were just like well maybe that's someone's honourable mention and that film is Austin Powers yeah International Man of Mystery that's right um, love it peak Mike Myers yeah at his, at his height of his power I almost so this was it was between this and Life of Brian to go to go into the the, the, the five I feel like we can we can give it an honourable mention yeah um, I also uh, feel like it doesn't break the rules because I don't think they were planning to do a sequel. It just was so bloody successful. No, yeah, you're right. You know, it's, you're right. It and doesn't. that's the criteria for this, where yeah. you're like, especially a comedy. When you said about Ace Ventura, I was like, no comedy is like, well, in in eighteen months we're going to make a sequel. Yeah, we're going to turn no it into com- a, a no comedy. No comedy ever <laughs> done that before. Yeah, because a, a comedy is you throw it into the ether and you see whether it works or yeah. not, and a yeah. lot don't. Yeah, so. But with yeah, with uh, Austin Powers, yeah, I mean, Austin, what can you say? Austin Powers is hilarious. Um, I, I, it's one of it's, so quotable. It's so quote. I mean, I could probably watch it and quote it along word for word. I don't think I could do that with any other of the films that I've mentioned, um, apart from maybe the next one. Um, but yeah, it's and it again, like with Life of Brian, it makes me laugh every time I watch it. Even when I'm just thinking about it, it makes me laugh. Even when I'm just sort of randomly quoting it down the pub or whatever, um, and also I use quotes from it 
every day in, in every aspect of life, you know, like what what's your point, Vanessa? You know, just things like that. Um I mean, well, uh, on uh, something we've already referenced, um, me falling asleep um, whilst watching Dead Poets Society. Yeah. One thing I do remember is us standing outside Domino's quoting uh, Dr. Evil and Austin Powers and uh, Tim Robbins, who plays the president in the second one. I don't remember that. I've got a video of it. What? <laughs> Uh, it's so funny. It's, really? You can never see the light of day, but um, yeah, it's, it's hilarious. What? Yeah. Oh my God, this is news to me. <laughs> oh my so God. if you need any, um, uh, if you need any evidence what that, will, it is, that is... What were we doing? The $100 million. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, from when he travels back in the second one, one. million dollars, one hundred billion dollars, and they're just the, the the president's just like everyone's like laughing. Laugh, yeah, he's it's just like it's nineteen sixty nine. That kind of money doesn't even exist. One hundred billion, jillion, G- gazillion, billion, million dollars. Dun dun dun. Oh yeah, so it's um. Oh my god. Easily quotable, which again we've said this before. If it's quotable. And memeable. Oh, yeah. That's the measure of how popular something really is these days. Ah, uh, so funny. And it, it still is. It's so funny. Would it get made today? No. Probably not. It's not, it's not very... They have... Uh, they have... Um, they have scantily clad females yeah. with machine gun and jubblers. A, a lot of misogyny yeah. and stuff. But that's that's that was the that was the joke. That was the point yeah. of the film. But he's the, come back he's, he's come to the future from from the sixties. Where when, it was even more misogynistic. Yeah. So you know? and that that and and he does get, the, I think they he does get called out for it in the film. Yeah well, in the so. in this uh, in especially in the first one they're like you, you can't they're like you can't be like that yeah like, the world's moved on they've got they've gone woke yeah even and, in uh, the 90s yeah it, it was more yeah so you know that was the whole point i, I don't know <laughs> uh, yeah it definitely couldn't get made today um just because you know God. um people don't like be people a, having it, nice it, nice things there'd be, so, there'd be outrage it would get cancelled before so, it even got made so i think um but it is uh, it is a product of its time of the nineties. Like, yeah, uh, it was it was great uh, end of the nineties, early noughties kind of like just outrageous comedy. Yeah, and that's perfectly fine. Like we can we can still enjoy it, like for for <laughs> yeah. what it was, you know. And it's just when oh, he's like he's so good when he's like when he's like Austin, the Cold War is over. And he's like, oh well, at last those capitalist pigs will pay for their crimes, eh? Hey, comrades, hey. <laughs> No, Austin. We won. He's just like, oh, oh. yay capitalism. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, fuck. It's, yeah, it's just, you can quote... Who are these people? Austin, it, 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 uh, shouting is a side effect of the unfreezing process. Yes, I'm having trouble controlling the volume of my voice. <laughs> I don't, uh, like, when I was 10, when this came out, when I was 10... The funniest scene is when he can't stop peeing. Oh yeah! Like it's so juvenile, but like I'm, you're, it's for it's for that purpose. That is a classic. It's yeah, it's just got it's got everything. Like it's got layered (laughs) humor, but then it's also just got toilet humor as well, which it has its place. And uh, you know, if it's in Austin Powers, then I'm all for it. Yeah. What's your favorite quote? 
Might might not be from that. Might be from one the, the sequels. But... God, that is a hard one because Isn't I feel it? like the first and the second one, like they've got so many, so quotes. many. Um, oh. I, I wouldn't say it's a quote, but when um, Will Ferrell's character um, in the second one gets. Uh, I don't, he doesn't get like thrown off. I think he like oh off the cliff. Oh yeah, and he's still off. alive. Yeah. Oh mate, they that that my arm was... is very badly burnt. <laughs> when he's, yeah. I'll try and stand up, but my leg is broken, and it's like oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh Mustafa, yeah. he was great. Um, yeah, they're always after me, lucky charms. If only they'd known how big Will Ferrell was going to be back know, then, would have they would have much bigger part. Yeah, but he was great as that. As um, yeah, oh, so many, so many. Oh, I don't even know where to begin. Yeah, um, I really like the whole plane scene. I mean, I know that's not really a quote, but just that whole scene just really makes me laugh. When he's like, um. He's like, oh, so Vanessa, how did a hot chick like you end up working for the Ministry of Defence? And she's like, oh, and she's like, seems like she's like really touched that he's asked. She starts talking about her life. He's like, yeah, 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 that's fascinating, Vanessa. Listen, why don't we go in the back and shag? <laughs> <laughs> and then he just proceeds to, and then it's later, his, his, it's his acting. As she, well. it's the timing. Yeah. It's the, and then later when she gets, she gives him that whole speech about how she would never ever have sex with him in ever. Like, and she goes off all oh, this whole big example, and he's just looking at her like. What's your point, Vanessa? <laughs> oh, I like um, when he is uh, trying to uh, trying to look up his old friends. Oh yeah, the, in the hotel room. Yeah, deceased. Deceased. Yeah. Mama Cass, ham sandwich. <laughs> He's just putting yeah. their like. He's just putting their mode of death. And it's just yeah. like Mama Cass ham sandwich. Yeah. Oh God. I don't know. Yeah. We. I just. We. We. This. We definitely weren't looking for the uh, highbrow. Whatever. <laughs> whatever's won like eight Oscars. Top five. Oh is. God. Yeah. What about the um. What about the Swedish made penis enlarger pump? Yeah, I mean, that it's one of the quote, most quotable scenes oh. of all time, I think. Uh, I mean, uh, of comedies. <laughs> like, I mean. One book, Swedish made penis enlarger pumps and me. This sort of thing is my bag, baby. It's fucking... By Austin Powell. It's fucking comedy 101, isn't it? It's like... It's it's like oh dear. you need to you need to examine that scene in terms of like breaking down how to make and execute a joke. <laughs> you know, in the in, in the spot of shagged me as well. Sorry, I know go for one, but it's at the start when when Basil pops up on the on the the car screen and he's like, Basil, um, it turns out Vanessa was a fembot all all the whole time. Yeah. And Basil's like, Yes, we we knew all along. Sadly, <laughs> just like he's just like. <laughs> he just looks like, and before he gets to you, he, it's like we knew all along. We knew all along, sadly. What? Basil exposition. Oh, just oh, I love it. Twins, Basil. Twins. <laughs> so many quotes, so many lines. Um, damn it, man! That's my mother. <laughs> that's not a woman. That's a, a man, man, baby. Man. Why won't this wig come off? <laughs> 
Well, I'm sorry, Basil, but you got to admit she did look a bit mannish. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it looks like she's been beaten with an ugly stick. This tea tastes like shit. <laughs> That's because it is shit, Austin. Oh, so it's not just me then. So it's not just me. <laughs> bit nutty. Bit nutty. Oh. oh dear. Beyond quotable. That's why it's the the yeah. honourable mention. Yeah. Um, because we both picked it. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, now we do our individual. The real honourable mention. Yeah. Do you um, want to do you want to start? Yes. Uh, my honourable mention is Pleasantville. Oh my god, you are just throwing, <laughs> you are just throwing these curveballs. So Pleasant, wow. Pleasantville is my favourite film of all time. Pleasantville? Yeah. You, I've never heard you talk about it before, <laughs> ever. I love the film. It's not great in any real shape or form. It's I really cheesy. It's really cheesy. Wait, hold on. It. It's, this is the film with Tobey Maguire. And Reese Witherspoon. Where they go into the TV show. Yep. That is a great film. Mm. I didn't know it was your favourite film. My favourite film of all time. Wow. The reason being is because there is... There are films that use a similar trope or... Uh, yeah, I think, I think trope is maybe the right word. Where... Um, so in the film, obviously, uh, if you haven't seen it, yeah, I think you should watch it. Um, that's why it's on the honourable mentions. But it's two teenagers from the 90s, real MTV. Uh, this is Reese Witherspoon's character. Uh, she's, you know, your typical um, popular girl at school with uh, a nerdy brother, played by Tommy Maguire, um, who just loves this like old 1950s TV show um, called Pleasantville. And they through uh, weird, you know, very 90s-esque weird science gets get thrown into the TV show. Um, and they live the lives of, like, two siblings in a, in a random family in the TV show. And it's the use of changing people changing people's emotions, changing people's perceptions, and showing that by changing the scenes from black and white to colour. Or oh, having the colour sort of seep into yeah. it. They bring the life and joy and beauty to the world because the the rest of what's happening beforehand is very sterile, is very mm. 1950s. Yeah. Um, Americana, and um, which I love that like art style. That's yeah. my favorite art style. So like, there's a lot of things coming together, which I'm just like, I love the film. Yeah, but it's mainly that idea of like, it, you're opening people's eyes, yeah, so much so that they can now see color. Mm. Is my favorite thing in cinema. Yeah, and it's just a like a mid budget. Yeah like drama it's got a great ensemble cast though yeah. like you know jeff daniels is in it yeah. and william h macy so it's it's not like uh, some unknowns and it was made for pittance but it's it wasn't it wasn't popular when it was released it wasn't like it's not I mean, it doesn't get great fanfare it like, would be now yeah because of how unsubtly um uh sort of on the nose it is with mm. regards to um 
awakening people uh, and prejudice <laughs> yeah yeah oh yeah you know because literally the, the black and white people yeah um they they start putting up signs like no colors yeah. no colors literally they don't mean african americans they mean people who are now in color yeah and it's uh i don't want to say ahead of its time but i feel like the idea I was think probably it was. the idea was ahead of its time i think yeah if, and, it, if it came out now people would be like oh yeah this has come out the right time it's a commentary on racism yeah and, and prejudice and stuff. It's got commentary on tons of things yeah. for uh, something that was um, billed and marketed badly as a teen drama. Yeah. You know, because obviously the main characters are two teenagers. I mean, Tony Maguire and Reese Witherspoon were in It should have been marketed as, as like an emotional, hard-hitting drama. Which it is. And, which, and they should have released it, you know, end of the year. So yeah. it could have been in Oscar contention. Mm. So yeah, Pleasantville, favorite film of all time. Watch Pleasantville it. is a brilliant film. I also, I highly recommend it. Also, uh, I, I I completely forgot about it because mm. you do, don't you? It's one of those films that just gets forgotten about. Mm. But oh, it's beautiful. I mean, the you know, I'm, I'm not going to say, but that like the the courtroom scenes. Yeah. Oh, it, honestly, it, it if it does, it will make you cry. It will make you any smile. Scene, any scene with their their mum or with like Jeff Daniels' character. Yeah. That. William H Macy in it is so straight laced, but the the acting is like yeah. top notch. Yeah, he's like his Fargo character. Yeah, but not obviously a, a bit a dick. Yeah, um, like he's in Fargo. But yeah, um, oh, great pick, great pick. Okay, um, well, all <laughs> I feel like all your picks have been really like classy, like. <laughs> Like 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 art house noir outside the box. I don't know about that. We did just spend nearly fifteen minutes talking, talking about, about Austin, Austin Powers. Powers so. But whereas my picks have all been like sort of um, cheesy, well, uh, box I mean, office films. But anyway, um, I really struggled with the, with this with the honourable mentions because we could only pick one, and there are literally we've talked we've mentioned Austin Powers, but there are literally four other films that. Oh, that I thought I should make that my honourable mention. But I picked this one because, for the simple reason that, like with V Vendetta, I watch it every year on a certain um, holiday. And um, like with Austin Powers, I can quote it literally word for word from the start. Um, and... I do feel like it is a film that you should watch before you die because it's such a culturally, it's so big and huge. And that is Die Hard. I was going to say. <laughs> I feel like this gets just in the door with honourable mentions because, again, it's not... I don't think they ever thought it would be so successful that they'd be like, oh, we need another, we need another Die Hard, yeah. you know. A script that was originally made for Frank Sinatra to play yep. the main lead. Yeah, that's how long the because it's uh, technically was it's about. a sequel to the book that was written based on that film that Frank Sinatra made. Yeah, where he's like a detective, where he is John McClane. Is he? I think so. So I think it. I think it was based. It was. It so this. It's a sequel to a book. That was made into a film starring Frank Sinatra, and if and if I'm if I'm correct, I think Sinatra had first dibs on the role yeah. of John McClane because 
I think it's literally just called The Detective. Yes, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Luckily, he passed on it. <laughs> <laughs> and we got three good films. Three great no, films, I think actually. we did get three good films. And also, another interesting fact is, is um, and again, thank God they didn't do this, is um, obviously when Sinatra passed on it and there wasn't going to be a sequel to The Detective, they also thought about using the screenplay as a, to be a sequel to Commando. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it would have been John Matrix played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. And, and do you know how we feel about that Commando 2. I mean, that would have been a completely different... I mean, if it had been Lame. Sinatra or if it had been Schwarzenegger, they would have both have been completely different films to what we got. I want to be able to travel to a dimension where either one of those exists <laughs> and bring it straight back on DVD. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, travelling through dimensions, you could do whatever you want. I just yeah. want to know what those films would have been like. Yes, me too. Bring it straight back. We do a two reels. Look, I mean, what can... Look, I mean, look, you know, Die Hard is a classic. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's, it's everyone, loads of people have seen it. Loads of people love it. Um, it's 100% a Christmas film, yep. in my opinion. It's got um, sleigh bells. Exactly. exactly. Well, there are literally... It's on Christmas Eve. Dozens of, of examples. Yes, and it's got sleigh bells, so it's just look. It, and I'm pretty it, sure doesn't at one point it starts snowing, or is that no? That's two, isn't it? It's snowing in the. It's definitely again. snowing in two. Yeah. I don't know about one, no. but yeah, it's um. Oh yeah, I mean it's 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 100 Christmas movie. I think it's the, the number one Christmas movie. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's just great. I mean, you know, everyone knows about Die Hard, so there's not really a lot I can say about it but it's just it's just brilliant and you know there were a few others there were a few others that i that i thought about mentioning um like golden eye was very very strong contender and taken i feel like we uh i feel like yeah but uh, could have said those but die hard we'll probably save those for an actual yeah podcast. or the, the james bond, bond podcast, or podcast. action liam neeson films yeah. exactly but like i said i picked die hard because i watch it every year i can quote it word for word um i couldn't not really include it and i do think it's a film you should see before you die i mean it's it's one of the greatest action films ever made um and that's not me over-exaggerating. It is considered one of the greatest action films ever made. Um, yeah, and it's just great. I mean, it's 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 a bit cheesy. It's not it's not like Heat. It's not like a it's not like a serious not grandiose drama. Uh, yeah, it's a very it's a very popcorny, cheesy mm. um, action Hollywood action film with you know one-liners and stuff. But of those, some of the best of that genre. Yeah, it is the best. The top, yeah. the very top. So it can get an honourable mention. I'm sure we'll get round to doing a a Die Hard podcast. Yeah, um, but that's just a little bit of a bit of a sneak peek, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and you can't not. It's, uh, it's yeah, it's a great movie, and obviously one you should see before you die. I think so. Yeah, not more so than the five I selected, mm. but I, I, I yeah. Um. So what? So with so what? So let's recap then so the 10 films we have chosen to be in um the two reels uh vault 101 of 10 films to see before you die that's I'm right sure 
that will be added so to they in are, the near future. In, let's see if we could do this in the order we said them. Yeah, so sorry. they are Monty Python's Life of Brian. Uh, they Live. V for Vendetta. Dead Poet Society. Apocalypto. The Last Castle. Joker. Moon. Heat. And High Fidelity. Nice. Well, that wraps up the last uh, last podcast from from you for a while. Yes, indeed. This is my this will this is my last um, episode as full time co presenter. And I, I'd say this is like end of season one. Yeah, yeah. It feels we, like a nice. One. We didn't really plan out seasons, but no. it, it does feel like it's the end of mm. of of a first. Series. I think yeah. we've done pretty well. I think we've just reached two hundred listeners as well. Two hundred downloads. So really? Yeah. Wow. Well, I thank like, you. Which I uh, I do minimal uh, advertising. So Same. I mean, I'm yep. I'm terrible at it. You know, terrible at the socials, but I try my best. And you know, to get two hundred, and that's yep. from all around the world as well, which is mental. Yeah, that is kind of crazy that we Puerto Rico people are listening to us. Canada, America, Russia. Yeah. Well, I hope I haven't upset any of you with my controversial, <laughs> un PC opinions. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I just try to be honest. Um, but uh, yeah. So, uh, as obviously uh, being co-presenter for, I think we're at fifteen episodes now, which is quite wow, it's quite good, crazy. Um, yeah. uh, I've actually got you uh, a gift. Really? Yeah. Thought it'd be nice to commemorate. <laughs> um, All right. <laughs> so. Uh, I've just got um I've just got this mate. Whoa 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 what are you doing? What whoa, whoa, whoa. is that that's not real, is it? I mean it's the title of the podcast, Harry. Seriously, that that's not funny. Put put it down. I told you it was ten films to see before you die. Just purse your lips and whistle, that's the thing. 